podcasting from Oregon in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, welcome to Eye on Global Politics. Sit back, relax, and get ready to explore some of today's most pressing international issues. Now, here is your host, international relations scholar, author, and founder of the International Law Education Group, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. On December 14th, the U.S. House voted 219 to 212 to pass Democratic Reps Ilan Omar's legislation to create a special envoy to combat Islamophobia. And Rep Omar has really received a lot of negativity as far as death threats and just unacceptable, unacceptable behavior from citizens just low and hateful and just criminal, just just outrageous. And she's getting hundreds and hundreds of these death threats. And the Republican Party is not standing up, does not condemn it, only some members, but the Republican Party is facilitating this. It's facilitating this and it's just shameful. I myself have reported hundreds of threats on my life, often triggered by Republican attacks on my faith. Condemning this should not be a partisan issue. This is about our basic humanity and fundamental rights of religious freedom enshrined in our Constitution. Yet while some members of the Republican Party have condemned this, to date, the Republican Party leadership has done nothing to hold their members accountable. It is time for the Republican Party to actually do something, to confront anti-Muslim hatred in its ranks and hold those who perpetuate it accountable. I will close with this. It was never an option for me to take off my hijab and run. And that should never be something that a Muslim woman or a girl in this country has to contemplate if she wants to enter public life. Because I know that when we proudly stand up for our values, when we celebrate the diversity of this country and the freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, others stand with us. We're going to continue to talk about Islamophobia because it's such a scourge. It's such a problem. After September 11th, we saw the spike in hate crimes. Even against a Sikh with the turban in Arizona, was shot and killed at his, I believe he owned a gas station, and he was shot and killed. The attacks just climbed right after September 11th by 1,600%, and it was an excuse. And I've always said, I've always said that Terrorism and events like that do not create bigots. These events do not create racists. They don't. It just gives them an excuse. It gives them an excuse to come out of the woodwork. Trump gave racists and these bigots an excuse to voice their their hatred publicly, to let it out. 
But September 11th doesn't take someone from being accepting and tolerant to being a bigot that runs out there and, and, and discriminates. It just gives people an excuse. And we see it in France as well. We see it in France taking place with Zamur and Le Pen and, and Emmanuel Macron's Islamophobia after the terrorist attacks there, criticizing the whole of Islam, the whole religion, saying it's in, it's in crisis, defending these these just really ignorant cartoons that are published over there against religion. And it's so hypocritical. It's so hypocritical because if you look at the symbols that are, that are held dear to the French Republic, to many, many French people, the flag, it's like Americans and the flag, the national anthem. Under the criminal code, you get six months in prison, up to six months in prison and a 7,500 euro fine for desecrating a French flag or the national anthem if you're in a group and you do it. But they seem to think the French elite and their supporters, that it's just fine and dandy to desecrate a world religion because that's freedom of expression. No, it's, it's not. It's just pure ignorance. It's, it's not freedom of expression. One could argue, okay, if one wants to argue, it's freedom of expression. Then have freedom of expression across the board. Why don't you? Why don't you teach freedom of expression by having students go out in the courtyard at, at the University of Paris or a French high school and just have them burn some French flags or do something really obtuse, trample on some kind of World War II memorial. That's not freedom of expression. That's ignorance. That's stupidity. Nobody should do that, disrespect other people like that. And the same goes for religion. It's, it's stupidity and ignorance to go ahead and disrespect the religion of a billion people. That's just logical. It's it's just common decency. And apparently the French elite, the French, and, the, and, and I'm going to go say the French right and right wing don't get it. They just don't, they don't, they don't get it, apparently. I mean, I was in France when the headscarf law was passed of 2004 for young women in grammar school and high school that they couldn't wear their headscarf. And, and I remember talking to a fellow student who was from North Africa and she didn't wear it, but she said, I don't want the French government telling me what I can and cannot wear. She's saying she should have the choice. If she wants to wear it or not, it should be her choice, not the government telling her what she can and cannot wear. Islamophobia is a real, real problem in France. It's a problem in the United States. It's a problem in Europe. It's, it's a worldwide issue. And Omar's legislation to have a special envoy to combat Islamophobia is a positive step. It's a positive step, but there needs to be more education on world religions. And I remember President Biden during the campaign, he said, I wish the world religions were taught more in schools, and they should be. Not as proselytizing and trying to proselytize, but to understand, to understand each other's religions, whether one's a believer or, or not, or has a different creed. It's important to understand because most people don't. And that's, that's, that's a in fact. Most Americans, according to Pew, have never even met a Muslim, have never interacted with, with one. And the vast, vast majority, oh, well over 80%, I believe it's more toward 90%, have never been to a mosque and have no idea what, what actually are the tenets of the religion or the the thought process or, or, or the structure of the religion that 
have no idea. They just hear what they hear in their social media or in the mainstream media, and they don't really understand. Sally Howell, director of the Arab American Studies at the University of Michigan, Dearborn, says, it's important that we understand that because we need to know that Muslims are not outsiders. They're not strangers. When Muslims are visible to non-Muslims through their institutions, through their names, through their headscarves, through the halal signs on their restaurants, then people would know their co-workers, their neighbors as Muslims. And this helps overcome whatever prejudice or concern they might have. The public has a fairly limited sort of direct knowledge or interaction with Muslims, says Dr. Bashir Mohammed, a senior researcher at Pew Research Center. People who say they personally know someone who's Muslim have more positive views toward Islam and toward Muslims than people who don't. Because they break through the ignorance. They start to understand the reality. And now in the mass media, there's a misrepresentation. There's a purposeful misrepresentation of fear-mongering against Muslims. There's over a billion Muslims in the world, yet when a, an attack happens, it's Islamic terrorism, it's Islamists. Even the term political Islam, as a Catholic, I reject all those terms, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's hypocritical. I remember Pope Francis saying, when, when a reporter asked him, what do you think about Islamic violence? They asked him on a plane, and he said, if I speak to Islamic violence, I have to speak to Christian Catholic violence. Anytime he said uh, a Christian that's been baptized murders somebody. If you look at the extremist groups, the white nationalist groups, the Ku Klux Klan, other white nationalist groups, they identify themselves as Christian. They identify themselves as Christian. And there's been a, a growth in white nationalist groups over the over recent years proud boys oath keepers these these type of these type of groups and we don't refer to them as christianism or political christianity or christian terrorists we just refer to them as extremists terrorists white nationalists why is that because there's hypocrisy but when it's a muslim who commits violence or is an, ex an extremist group, the mainstream says Islamist or political Islam or Islamic terrorism. If we go back to January 6th, we remember that there were the Oath Keepers, they were kneeling and praying before they attacked the Capitol. There were also other signs of religious messages in that mob from BNC News. Religious and historical symbols and costumes are prevalent among the images we see from the insurrection on January 6th. Bibles and crosses and insurrections dressed as priests were present. But the role that religion played in the event is not often, if ever, discussed. And so there was no mention that this is Christian terrorism. We say these are extremists, these are criminals, these are thugs. And we separate it from Christianity because we know Jesus, love your neighbor, love your, your enemy, blessed are the peacemakers. We know these people do not have the tenets correct. They're perverting the religion. And so the same attitude should be directed at people of Islamic faith who claim to be Islamic that commit acts of terrorism. 
These are just terrorists that claim to be Islamic, that have perverted their faith. And so that would be consistent. That would be consistent to remember there are over a billion Muslims. And if there was just one, take a number, say how many violent people you want that commit that commit acts. You want to say a hundred, ten thousand. It's still only going to be less than a percent of a percent. It's still so small compared to the billion adherents of the religion. Just like with the Ku Klux Klan and the 2.3 billion Christians. And that's why I don't say it because we know, we know these people are perverting the religion. We must do the same with Islam. We must be consistent because it's right and fair and just. And it's, it's really detrimental when politicians, politicians go on the stump and, and they fear monger. Trump did it. You have Zemmour in France doing it and Le Pen. And you have, you know, have you have Macron with his policies and some of his words talking about Islam and crisis, talking about the entire religion and with their security law and the courts over there in France banning groups that advocate against Islamophobia, even though the court said they hadn't done anything wrong to, to warrant it. They still violated their freedom of association, human right, and dissolved the organization. In, in France, for instance, in 2020, there was a 53% increase in attacks, 235 attacks on Muslims, 70 threatening letters to the French Council of Muslim Worship or its administrators, and a 30% increase attacks on mosques. And so this is a problem worldwide, and it must be combated with, with love and education and understanding, not to give aid or comfort to any, any of this hatred. The media shouldn't give aid and comfort to it, and the Republican Party shouldn't, and that's a big problem, big, big problem. The Republican Party is, is part of it. It's not only doesn't condemn it, it's a vehicle for it which is really sad. We all have different political beliefs. Some want single-payer health care, some want to keep their taxes lower or higher, and we can go and discuss the merits of it. Although there is a morality in there, like budgets are moral documents. So when you say we want to spend a trillion dollars on the military budget, we don't want to fund health care or, or child care, that's a moral decision. Yes, it's a moral decision. We can have these discussions, but when one is so explicitly being a vehicle for hatred, this is not politics. This is not, this is not about politics, it's about morality. It has left the arena of politics and entered the arena of immorality because it's causing things like Rep. Ilhan Omar's uh, death threats. The Biden administration said in a statement that it supported this legislation for a special envoy to combat Islamophobia. And the statement read, Religious freedom is a fundamental human right. This freedom is enshrined in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and is also a part of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Our country's commitment to defending freedom of religion and belief goes back centuries, and the administration strongly believes that people of all faiths and backgrounds should be treated with equal dignity and respect around the world. So this legislation still needs to go through the Senate, and then it will go to President Joe Biden's desk to be signed into law. 
So hopefully that takes place and the Senate gets that passed. Republicans, once again, to have 212 vote against it. And some of them are saying, well, this will use, be used to put a check on Israel, to, to criticize Israel. Rep Omar, she supported legislation that, that was in favor of dealing with anti-Semitism, that was, that was combating anti-Semitism not too long ago. And so uh, that really doesn't make any sense. Because if Israel is doing something criminal, if Israel is violating the Geneva Conventions or violating international law with its settlements or sabotaging Iran's nuclear facility and violating the UN Charter with its threats and acts of violating Iran's sovereignty, well, then that should be condemned. That has to do with criminality. That has to do with Israel, the government, violating international law. But the point is, anti-Semitism is anti-Semitism, and where it's real anti-Semitism and not just an accusation to, to limit legitimate criticism against Israel, where there's real anti-Semitism, it should be condemned. Nobody should be discriminated based on their religion. Judaism is an ancient religion. Islam has been around since the 7th century. It's a very old religion. So is Christianity. Hinduism, Buddhism, these are all beautiful world religions and they shouldn't be conflated with the politics of a state. We need more respect, respect for each other's religions, respect for each other's cultures. And right now, there's a problem around the world with respecting and understanding Islam. You've been listening to Eye on Global Politics with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you will share our International Law Education Group web address, ileducationgroup.org, with your family, friends, and colleagues. Don't forget to check out ionglobalpolitics.com for future articles and podcasts, and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to welcoming you to another episode of Eye on Global Politics.